Legoland's awesome. I think the kids had more fun there than at Disney. Yeah. Well. So. Well, that's good. I'm glad that all worked out for you. Yeah. Actually, even the hotel worked out. Because mm. like when we booked the room, we thought we had booked a room at the Legoland Hotel. There's two hotels at Legoland. There's the uh. original, which is the Legoland Hotel. And then mm-hmm. there's the Legoland Castle Hotel. So we uh. thought we'd booked a room at the Legoland Hotel. Okay. But we actually wound up booking a room. Booking.com was confused. Oh. And uh, we ended up booking a room in the Castle Hotel. Oh. But when we were walking up, the kids were just like, oh, I hope we're in the castle. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, oh. No. Oh, wait, I guess we are. <laughs> Hooray. Yeah, that worked out too. <laughs> so anyways, well, good trip, you, good trip. There you go. Um, now we just got to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. There is that. Well, shall we start? Yes. In we go. Welcome back to another episode of Scouting Stuff You Should Know. You've got two of us this evening, Scouter Collins over there. Hello. I'm Scouter Ken. We are back in the basement, having somewhat reclaimed it from the avalanche of toys. <laughs> Not really in a fort. Really kind of carved out a space for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some things needed to be relocated. Not really in a blanket fort, but kind yeah. of in a blanket fort. Well, but We like to... We like to try new and exotic locales. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but at any rate, I mean, it, would, it probably would have been nice to, you know, go back to what's slowly becoming the uh, usual haunt. I, you know what? I got an idea about that, though, because I'm mm-hmm. sure that we are um, going to be there again at some point. Oh, yes. And uh, if we do, I think what I should do is I should totally like set up the third mic yeah. with just a sign saying like, you know, podcast recording in progress. Yeah. This mic is live, but muted. If you want to join. Ask, <laughs> yeah, ask, me, ask me about scouting. You yeah. Know, or or yeah ask us about scouting or something yeah, like that, right? Yeah, but yeah, just yeah. have the third mic there and keep yeah. it off or keep it muted. Yeah. Um, but then if someone wants to walk up and actually chime in, then they can. Yeah. Just a thought. But, uh. We might have to do some more editing. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, you know what, that one was, yeah, like, I mean, her, her volume was tricky in parts to edit, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there was only so much I could do, but yeah, whatever. It's Um, hard when it's a walk by. Well, and the mics are very directional, right? Yeah. She's talking over there, but the mics are pointed away from her and she's like barely an echo in the background, right? So that's right. That is okay. Um, actually found some cool tech for recording the other podcast because we use discord for that. Right. And I found some tech. It's actually a, a, a bot. So it's an automated service that connects to our Discord server. And basically I tell the bot to join the voice channel mm-hmm. and it just, it independently records everybody. Mm-hmm. And then like if someone joins late, it generates a new recording for them. Ah. But So they're all individual tracks? Yeah, all individual you're... tracks. Oh, Each okay. speaker gets their own individual track. If someone joins late, they mm-hmm. get padded with... B- empty like with blank space at the front of their resultant file so everything lines up in time nice uh yeah and it handles all the noise reduction and leveling already so literally like we did this last night and i downloaded the results and loaded them into audacity and it was like oh well i guess all i gotta do is add music now (laughs) like jeez yeah most of the heavy lifting is done for you yeah now we don't use discord much for this except when parker's on yeah but uh it's a thing to keep in mind for the future Mm -hmm. uh 
What do you, um, what do you feel like talking about tonight? Well, you know, I do maintain the ideas list. Mm-hmm. So, and I was looking up and down the list there a little bit. Um, and I mean, some of this stuff, I don't even know if it's, uh, if it's as relevant, stuff changes. Like some of this stuff's mm-hmm. been on the list for a while, 2017, my goodness. Um, but we could go with topical. I mean, uh, PJ is going on right yeah, now. Yeah. Well, you know, I, you know, and actually that's worthy. Really, that's worth mentioning. And then actually that might lead into this topic, not badly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if this link is still valid, ah, yes, it is good. Okay. So <clears throat> PJ, do we have anybody going or do you know of anyone going? I don't know if we have a contingent One of, going to PJ, not from the 59th. I know a few people I know have a few, gone. Well, yeah. Robin has uh, headed out. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's out there right now. With uh, with which group? Uh, Leduke, I think. Oh, nice. Cool. He, that's uh, He's gone back to just being a leader. Yes. As opposed to being anyone involved in council. So oh, that's, that's all right. We should get him on at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Leduc, you say, eh? Mm-hmm. They got a good group. First, is he with the first? I believe so. Okay, yeah, that's a good group. They're really awesome. I'm pretty sure. I think it's, uh, yeah. I'm I'm not 100% sure. I haven't really talked to him much about it. <laughs> but I did know that he was he was going back to being a leader, and I was pretty sure it was with Leduc. Yeah, I'm I've had some. Speaking, but I'm surprised he didn't sign up with one of the Sherwood Park troops. Hmm. It's like the Glen Allen groups are not too far from I th- him. I think it's people he knows. Like it's oh, a leadership team okay. that he's already familiar with. So it's an easier. Gotcha. 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 You know, pick up and go. And I, I think he's more of a alternate, if you will. <laughs> okay. So, so yes, he's he's got his membership and he's got his PRC and all that kind of stuff. He's just a, a there to make numbers work kind of. Yeah. And go to Jamboree's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Camps, well, because, I, you know. Why not? They're fun. <laughs> of course. Especially when you have no, uh, well, or, or, or when your responsibilities are, are different. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 It's a little harder for me to just pick up and go, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, Ella's going into scouts next year, so. Mm-hmm. We're, um, we're already contemplating Atlantic Jamboree. Yeah, there's there's Jamborees in your future. Oh, yes. And and a good thing, too. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember the ones I've been to very fondly. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, I... I wonder if they felt the earthquake. I don't was, know if it went that far north. Because there was that, uh, the quake that was, there were two quakes in California, right? Like, yeah. that happened, uh, but they were, f- was not one felt up in Vancouver? Or was that just... Was oh, that maybe. Just, I could see maybe the 7.1 would have been felt up there. Yeah, there's a little bit of, a little bit of rumbling, but yeah, I don't know. So, PJ Pacific Jamboree is what that stands for. It is, as you might expect, it's it's not quite a national jamboree, although you can kind of think of it as such because scouts are, from all over the yeah. country are gonna be there, and probably some U.S. troops, and you know, probably actually some from like around the Pacific Rim as well. Potentially, yeah. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's being held at Camp Barnard, as I recall, mm-hmm. which is just outside of Souk or Sookie, BC, Souk, yeah. Souk, whatever, S-O-O-K-E. It's on the Sunshine it, Coast? Yeah, it's on the Sunshine Coast, so kind of bit dead west of Victoria. Yeah. Um, as the island is oriented. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's not actually on the coast, though. I think it's inland on, what is that called? Young Lake. Hmm. I believe is, is where it's actually located. So, but anyways, well, I know BC ferries, uh, was alerting travelers of the delays because of the, 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 that 
that there were scouts going to, yeah, well, <laughs> using the ferry system, which yes. makes me wonder. It's like, well, if if the scouts are delaying your ferries, I think you have a larger problem because uh, it, it's just the it's the same same traffic, same foot traffic, or the same traffic traffic. Well, yeah and no, right? Like, I mean, so there's. I guess there would be more tra- vehicles with trailers potentially. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of groups bringing in gear via trailer, mm-hmm. right? So that's going to be tying it up. And I mean, like there's ferry runs to, now I got to think about where the ferry runs go. So, um, they have runs to, are you looking for Vancouver Island? Well, I'm just trying or? to think, well, Vancouver Island terminals, but like if you're coming into, so if you're going to get to there's Camp Swart- Barnard. Swartz Bay, which is Victoria. Right. Swartz Bay is your easiest bet because that's, yeah. yeah just and then Victoria. there's Nanaimo. Right. Although that adds another mm. uh, couple hours of driving. Nanaimo. Mm. Tasty bars. Nanaimo bars. <laughs> Canada's confection. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and frozen maple syrup. Yes. But anyways. Have you ever had a Nanaimo bar in Nanaimo? I have gone looking for them. I have. <laughs> they are quite tasty. They are. They are. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, Swartz Bay coming into Victoria there, like, the the main connection there is to Sawasan, right? The Sawasan Ferry Terminal. Yeah. Um, it's like... But there's still one in... There. There is the... Uh, you can also catch a ferry from um, Anacortes, Seattle. Oh, yes. Which is just off of... Uh, just off of like Mount Vernon and Whitney there. Oh, Port Angeles. Uh, maybe. I thought there was a ferry from Port Angeles to. Uh, possibly. Victoria. But I could be wrong. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, there is one from Port Angeles too. Yeah. And then obviously, yeah, you can come from Suwassin or Horseshoe Bay to go to Nanaimo. Yeah. Uh, Horseshoe but, Bay. That's the other one. I yes. Uh, Although it's going to add, like I said, it's going to add a significant amount of driving, right? Because at that point you're coming in fairly, you're coming in much further north on the island. You got to drive down. True. So but if you've recently driven through Victoria's construction zones, uh, it might, it might <laughs> better suit you to have gone. Yeah. Yeah. That's from true. Nanaimo down. That's true because, well, I don't know though. I mean, well, I guess you, yeah. Cause like you come down highway one and you can turn off at Langford mm-hmm. and then kind of work your way through there to get to. You don't I necessarily have to drive through the heart of Victoria. That's it. true. You can you can shortcut around some of it for sure. Mm-hmm. At any rate, though, yeah, lots PJ. of PJ, yay, yay. Um, lots of groups converging on there. Of course, that is happening. And I mean, we've been to well, you've been to probably a different set of jamborees than I have. I remember doing. Um, well, I never did any of the Alberta jamborees until mm-hmm. I was the volunteer at a like until we did offers of service at SPJ two thousand five. Right. Which, granted, I mean, that was a hell of a good time. Yes. That was that was awesome. Yeah. There, there is something to be said about being an offer of service at, uh, yep. at one of those types of camps. I ran into, do you remember Chris? When, when we went down in May to do the site survey at the waterfront? Yes. And and Chris was his name. He was that, uh, the, the, the volunteer, the, I guess he was an employee of the camp, right? But he was there at the time. I think so. Toured yeah. us around. Yeah, I think. Uh, I ran into him recently at a wedding. Oh. Yeah. Small world. I know. He uh-huh. was the, uh, he was DJing actually. <laughs> Scouters and their side businesses. Are... Yeah. Well, totally. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyways, but yeah, like, so that was mm-hmm. good. And I was at Impiza and then we would have done, well, I guess I did go to Canadian Jamboree, 1997. You Thunder went Bay. out to Thunder Bay. CJ. Though, you, yeah. 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 CJ. Uh, I did a CJ in, uh, what was it? Kananaskis. Oh, you did the, that in was 93. 93. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I did 93 in Kananaskis. And that was the site of the WJ the previous years beforehand. Like, hmm. it was the previous WJ's site as well. Oh, cool. So, no, it was very neat. Um, but I distinctly recall there being <laughs> some hiccups along the way. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> wait, are you talking about... Jamborees being the well-oiled machines that they are, you know? Wait, are you talking about uh, 93 or are you talking about... Um, the, the 93, the, the WJ prior to that, I, uh, I was not involved in, but mm, I heard sure. stories of... There were uh, flooding and other things. Uh, well, we had some hiccups getting to uh, CJ ninety seven, as I recall too. Oh yeah, well you guys had <laughs> lots of luggage and yeah, people busting into our trailer. Yeah. Oh, that was terrible. Um, July, I guess it's already PJ's already started. The theme mm-hmm. is myths and legends. They've they been have, posting like, crests. Ogopo- yeah, they like have the, Ogopogo the crest, ones. The yes, that's been, right. The crest set. Uh, yeah, has been. getting posted which is which is really neat i've been like wow that's really cool yeah oh my gosh badge collector is just Mm -hmm. yes i was kind of drooling a little bit i'm like i want to go to yeah i want to go to pj or at least order all the badges so yeah the theme is myths and legends they're uh they're mascots keeping to the british columbia theme uh appear to be like uh this the the bigfoot Mm. or sasquatch yep i think is canadian for bigfoot and ogopogo Ah, yes. Canada's Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. Um, yes, July 6th to 13th. Uh-huh. So, good yeah. time. Yeah, they're just starting, I guess. Yes. the Actually, there's, just looking opening. at their website now, the opening ceremony highlights, there's a video of that. Um, they were officially declared open today. Excellent. So, there you so go. So, if you're curious, check out their website. Yes. Link in the show notes. I will, yes, I'll throw a link in the show notes. Oh there my gosh, go. their passports say, welcome to Narnia. <laughs> Damn it, why am I not there? <laughs> oh, right. And you went, a, to, you went to Legoland. <laughs> yes, I did go to Legoland. That's why I'm not That's there. That's why you're not that there. That is why I am not there. Yes. Also, I don't have any scouts that I would be going with, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but anyways, so now, jamborees are awesome. Because, I mean, you know, you're, you're going away, uh, for in some cases a week, right? Uh, and the, you know, July 6th, 13th, that's the week. That's the week. Yep. Um, you're camping away from home. Maybe you'll bathe. <laughs> Hopefully. Maybe, you, maybe one, you won't. One would think at least once. Who knows? <laughs> I leave that up to the temperament of the individual scout. Oh, or but, the scouter that has yeah, to live with the scout. the scout has to deal with the scout. Um, and, you know, you're going to be camping in a tent. You're going to be doing all kinds of fun things, right? Like, I mean, a jamboree is a kind of a well enough known thing. It's mm-hmm. just tons of events, youth from all over the country, and in some cases the world. Mm-hmm. Um, chance to meet people, chance to make new friends, trade badges, trade neckers, sometimes trade uniforms. Um, camping in tents, you're hanging with your buddies, just doing all kinds of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. You're there for a week. Now, like, you know, I mean, when we did say, now this is, this won't hold true at every jamboree, but like when we did WJ, they took care of us, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah terms of food that was all provided for but we were there as offers of service uh-huh. um, when we did cj we were very much on the hook for preparing our own food right they didn't have a meal plan you could buy into <clears throat> i don't know if they had a meal plan at cj 97 i just remember that our group didn't do it ah okay 
because <laughs> I know there's there's a couple of options, right? Like <laughs> it depends on the individual, right? Because I know for WJ, we're like, well, we're not going to have the means to like we're coming from Canada to right. The UK. We're not bringing stoves. We're not bringing equipment. We're not renting equipment. We don't have. You know, we're, it's not like we're driving around on our own vehicle in our own vehicles and that kind of stuff, or rentals or whatever. We're on our own. We're using their shuttle service, all of their stuff. So we might as well buy into the meal plan and just, you know, be a one-stop shop. Now, had the jamboree been in Canada and we were coming across country, it might be a little different because then, yeah, you could bring your own gear and buy groceries here. And maybe for the cost of the meal plan, you could actually get a, quite an, uh, uh, a number of groceries that would, you know, or, or a meal plan that would suit your group better than just kind of the generic, here's, here's what you're eating, uh, right on, on mass. So meal Pacific. Yeah. And Pacific. So like at CJ, um, they may have had a meal plan. They also had grocery mm. stores on site. Yeah. So you could buy food for the day or like yeah. we bought a couple of days where the food. Or at least the essentials, right? Like the, right. the not dried good stuff, you know, your perishables. Right, right, right. And I mean like we brought coolers up as well. Mm -hmm. So like there was, there was a lot of logistics that went into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Pacific Jamboree has actually, they have a full participant menu mm -hmm. and it looks like what they're doing is basically they're providing participants with, kits um, kits of, for of making. So like, you know, mm, supper on Saturday, July 6th was hamburgers and, yeah. Attendantly, the equipment pro or the, the supplies provided were hamburgers, cheese slices, potato chips, vegetables and dip, rice krispies, hot chocolate, pre-made patties, hamburger buns, relish mustard, ketchup, mayo, lettuce, yeah. tomatoes, hummus, dip sauce, rice krispies, plus GF alternatives, gluten-free, mm -hmm. um, hot chocolate and apple cider. And then also preparation instructions. Ah. Okay. Some of these preparation instructions are really quite sassy. Like on one of the days here, um, they're dinner. Where did I see this? Chicken stir fry. Uh, so Monday, July 8th, dinner is going to be chicken stir fry with vegetables. Uh, preparation instructions. Follow the instructions on the stir fry mix packet. What? You didn't bring a wok? Ah, never mind. Just use your biggest frying pan. Uh -huh. Key to good stir frying is lots of heat, constant stirring, and not overcooking. So anyways, <laughs> make sure the chicken is cooked all the way through. No pink bits. And make the rice first. Yeah. But, uh, so they, they, they're evidently providing like prepackaged things, kits of yeah. preparable food. I seem groups. to, I seem to recall hearing about that as well, as well. Which is probably a saner way to yeah. do it. And then you can kind of. Think even in the WJs, like the participant yes. camps, that's how they did it is like, you got your kit of whatever. But I also seem to think that some people got more of one ingredient than the other, you know? Well, like, yeah. Like sometimes then you'd have to run around and barter with people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get... trade you two rice for <laughs> one chicken. Yeah, exactly. So, oh boy. When you think about it, it turns into like a little society, right? Like a little society. The size Very of a true. small city, right? So, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, in the case of WJ, literally the size of a small city, 50,000 or so people. Yeah. yeah it was crazy. It was a lot of people. Yep. Well, so, I mean, at something like Pacific Jamboree, you're not going to have to worry as much about food storage, but I mean, I guess that depends, like food you're not going to have to worry about storing, say, meat over the course of multiple days, unless, well, maybe you are, I don't know, right? <clears throat> I didn't notice where, uh, I didn't notice anything, maybe it says somewhere else on the PJ website and I just missed it. 
But it doesn't say like what the schedule for receiving your kits of food is, right? Ah, well, that, so like that's mm, true. You know, do you just get it all think, in the is morning? It, is do it an you, is it a daily occurrence? Yeah, is it every is it two like, days. Do you, do you show up here to grab your breakfast thing, and then you go prepare it, and then you show up again for lunch later um, mm-hmm. to get your stuff, and then go prepare it, or do you get it all at once? Do you yeah. have to go pick up breakfast the night before so that you have it on hand when you stumble out of your tent? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Whatever the answer to those questions oh. are you may not have to worry about storing the food over the course of say multiple days. Right. But you're still going to be getting food, you know, and clearly you're getting uncooked hamburgers, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless you're preparing it right away, the issue of storing the food mm-hmm. comes up mm-hmm. and because you're getting uncooked, uncooked hamburgers, the issue of handling the food mm. <laughs> comes up. Oh yes. Two wildly different things. And it's funny, we've been dealing with that, well, not recently, but at the, uh, like back when Juliana had the issue with her appendix, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people, of course, showed up and contributed food, mm-hmm. which was great because like, that's a thing that we needed not to worry about as much while we were dealing with her. Right. Right. Um, my wife's sister hooked us up with a gift card to a service called Good Food. Ah, I've heard of this service. Yes. Yes. Good food's cool because like, unlike Spud, which is more like a grocery order, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Good food. Or organic box, I think is the other. Yeah, organic box, which again, it's kind of like a grocery order. Yeah. Produce and... Good food is meal kits. Yes. And, you know, our eldest, like Ella, Mm -hmm. she's really keen on learning as much as she can about cooking. Mm -hmm. So... While we were getting the good food stuff, she was right there. And she was often like front and center preparing the dishes because they give mm-hmm. you all the ingredients portioned out, mm-hmm. they give you the recipe card, right? And you just, you do it, right? Yep. Just follow um, it up. Yeah. So there was a lot of education that had to happen here about like, okay, well now you're making meatballs tonight. So mm. here's what we need to learn about meat handling <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then specifically ground meat, Yes, uh, which has, you know. You know, there's, there's concerns with ground meat that don't necessarily exist with a flank steak, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. anyways, food storage and food handling at camp mm-hmm. poses additional challenges above and beyond, you know, what my 10 year old was facing when we were getting these food kits and we had a fridge here to store them in. Yeah. Um, and there's different things, right? I mean, you're in the BC wilderness, you have some very interesting animals, <laughs> That will happily come and take your food from you. Yes. Um, Some will even break into whatever it is you're storing them in and, and take it from you. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time my grandpa punched a black bear in the nose? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a story I want to hear about. He, he had some stakes in the cooler. Mm-hmm. He and the bear disagreed over their ownership. And the mm-hmm. thing you have to realize is young black bears, at least, smaller, mm-hmm. you, you can fight them. Yeah. Yes. yes. Well, you, you, it you is it in can, fact recommended. Yeah. <laughs> you can that, be the uh, bigger animal. Put up some resistance. Yeah. Yeah. So they're uh, still trying to come into their own. Yeah. And if you put up a resistance, they'll generally back down. Yeah. So, uh, he wanted the stakes a little more than the bear did. And mm-hmm. he wound up punching it in the snout a couple of times to get the cooler back mm-hmm. while the rest of us hid in the, uh, camper. Mm-hmm. But there you go. Um, I'm so a big anyways. fan of just making more noise and yeah, being yeah. being bigger. <clears throat> well, the bear already kind of was trying to haul the cooler away. Ah, so. 
Yeah, to disengage the bear from the cooler. <laughs> yes, so a good swift yeah. hit to the nose, I'm sure. But, uh, so I mean, like, you know, whether it's small rodents mm-hmm. or large things with teeth and claws, um, you'll find all kinds mm-hmm. in the BC wilderness, mm-hmm. and they will happily take food from you. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned, some will happily, like, barge into your tent <laughs> to uh, to get it. So, yes. first tip right there. No food in the tent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Things that smell should not be in your tent. Yes. Other than you. Yes. Um, and, you know, like, there's especially a consideration, like, there, there's sort of a twofold consideration for scouts, right? Because mm-hmm. on the one hand, we want to be safe, you know? Mm-hmm. We want to be safe ourselves as individuals. We want the rest of the troop to be safe. We want, you know, okay. everybody at who we're attending this camp with their safety should be in our mind. Like, you know, we, we want to make sure that our fellow scouts are safe. Mm-hmm. So obviously, uh, keeping their food supply free from animals and their tents free from animals is part of that. Mm-hmm. But then also we're scouts. We should really be attentive to the fact that we want to protect the animals as well. Mm. You know, yep. we don't want them to become dependent on, you know, oh, people oh. have showed up. I oh, will yes. get food now. Yeah. No, we don't want that. Um, no. <clears throat> we don't want the even worse situation of an animal having to be destroyed because now it won't leave camp. Yeah. Well, and that's... You know, and may be becoming aggressive. And that and that's happening even in, like, in mountain towns and things like that with, yep. with some bears. Yeah. Bears can become habituated to human presence yeah. and the food supply that attends it yeah. very, very easily. And, you know, in some cases, then if that food supply gets cut off, they can become very aggressive and then mm-hmm. they wind up with them being destroyed. And that's unfortunate. You mm-hmm. don't want that. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and then, of course, on top of all of that, you want to make sure that your food is stored correctly and prepared correctly because you don't it want it really to spoil. sucks. <laughs> well, yeah, it really sucks to spend <laughs> two or three days of your week-long jamboree throwing up into an outhouse. Yeah. Especially because throwing up into an outhouse is just doubling down on the gross factor. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's bad enough when it's your own bathroom at home. Yeah. Yeah. And you can flush and it goes away (laughs) and you don't have to see it ever again. (laughs) Or or smell it for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just <laughs> maybe it's better we didn't do yeah, this. Yeah, okay, okay. Let's just, just move on, move on. <laughs> on. So anyways, I tripped over this article a couple of years ago, but it's still up. And it's uh it's actually by REI Co-op. So REI is um American for Mech. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Very, very similar chain of stores, right? Um Recreational Equipment Incorporated, something like that, whatever. It's just, it's REI and it is their version of Mountain Equipment Co-op. Yeah. Um, You know, you walk in to an REI, you'll be just like, I know uh, where I am. Yeah. Camping and outdoor apparel. Yep. And on their website, they have their expert advice section. Mm -hmm. They published this article a couple of years ago, but really, I mean, these principles don't change much over time. Food storage and handling for campers and backpackers. So general tips for food storage. Um, you know, as we already mentioned, yep. keep that, keep your food and aromatic items, yep. toiletries, um, away from animals. Never leave the stuff inside your tent. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Never leave it unattended. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this is more true, uh, especially for like the small animals, right? A lot of birds, jays, for example, mm -hmm. um, squirrels, chipmunks can be quite brash and bold. Oh yeah. And we'll just like swoop right in and make yep. off with something. Yep. Um, if you've ever seen a squirrel making a break for it with a granola bar in its mouth. Yeah. Like it is just the most hilarious thing in the world because he thinks he's just won the jackpot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's also very unfortunate because, you know, you don't want the squirrel to get used to finding granola bars. Mm -hmm. um, but there's just something gleeful in the way he runs off with it. Uh, uh, during the day, keeping all of your food secured. Um, coolers are great for this. Uh, well, they can be. They can depending be. on where the cooler, like, because we're talking about uh, we're talking about a couple of different styles of camping, mm -hmm. right? Like your backpacking camping, you don't have an option it, for it a cooler. Is not necessarily a cooler. Generally speaking, you're going to be carrying that food with you, right? It's not going to be. Most of the time, it's all dehydrated, dried food, anyways. Yeah, generally, if you're going backpacking, you're not bringing heavy. You Fresh produce and <laughs> thick steaks. Although there is something to be said about back backpacking in somewhere and then cooking yourself a steak. That's true. That's true. Um, but you know, like, okay, yeah, I guess coolers aren't like the perfect solution. As already mentioned, I mean, yeah. the bear was trying to. Well, make I guess off you could have a cooler. cooler, cooler bag, but yeah. even still, like that's that seems impractical. Yeah, the bear's for... trying to make off with the cooler, but like, yeah. an insulated container and preferably something that has a bit of a seal to it. Right? Yeah. Because that will help keep the aromas at bay as, as well. Yeah. A sealed container is more, mm -hmm. I think, more of what they're going for in that yep. in that sentiment. Yeah. yeah. Well, but I, again, too, like coolers are good as well because of the insulation factor, right? And you can keep perishable items cold in them. It's true. Um, <clears throat> if you happen to be near your vehicle or a vehicle, yeah. that is a good option as well. Yes. In the vehicle. Um, but that isn't always the case at, say, a Jamboree. Yeah. Well, and in a in a jamboree setting, though, um, at least in when yes. they have them in bear country, there's uh, uh, usually a trailer or some sort of storage. True, uh, larger storage vessel that the the individual coolers go into, and uh, and then get gets locked up at night. So, but if you're backpacking, um, they got similar things there bear lockers yep bear lockers yeah. can uh, metal bear boxes are yeah. definitely an option uh for placing loose food inside that's actually the recommendation for like at night mm -hmm. right like during the daytime <clears throat> if you're going to be around the camp or if someone's going to be around the camp yeah generally um, it's not there's not, not as, as much, much of a concern right issue. so just as long as the food is sort of more properly stored um yeah. and not like obviously just sitting out for yeah. a passing jay to have a swipe at yes Agree. You're okay. Mm -hmm. At nighttime, yeah, that's when it gets more challenging because now everybody's asleep. Nobody's mm -hmm. like just constantly watching the campsite. And some animals are a little more active in the At night, in the evening, nighttime. <laughs> exactly. So that's when things like, yeah, the bear box, um, something lockable, right? Yep. Um, because yeah, like bears, some bears can figure out a cooler. Mm -hmm. Raccoons are particularly adept at getting mm -hmm. into uh, trash pandas. Yes, the trash panda. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, there are ostensibly some coolers that are marketed as being bear proof, whether that's actually true. I don't know. Well, sure. Uh, I mean, I guess if you padlock anything, but <laughs> well, I mean, I think, I think the question you have to ask yourself is, does the bear have enough time and resources? Cause yeah, yeah. they will find a way in. Yeah, exactly. Um, bear bags. 
right? The I've tr- never experienced a bear, but like I, I put stuff in a backpack and tied a rope around it and thrown it over a branch and then hauled it up. Yeah. But I've never actually used a, anything that was branded as a bear bag. Have you? I thought we had one at the Lac La Ronge trip. We had dry sacks. I don't know if that's yeah. the same thing, but. Well, I think we kind of wound up using them as such. Yeah. But I mean, the the idea is kind of the same. Like a dry sack is is good in its own right too, because it's keeping the moisture off your food, which yeah. is good. Yes. Um, and realistically, like, and it seals up nicely. Exactly, like you, you it does. Twist it up and yep. then lock it, and it's just a plastic lock. It's not like a well, true, but like still, like I mean, but, you know, which would keep your aromas at bay too, to a yep. certain degree. Yeah. And I mean, then yeah, you just <clears throat> the smell of rubber and throw it over a tree branch and haul it up, <laughs> right, so yeah. that nothing can just casually prod at it while yeah. it's lying on the ground overnight and ideally you'd want it suspended away from branches and things so like small critters can run into it and exactly and that kind of stuff yeah exactly it's like <clears throat> kind of far enough and, and a little bit away from the camp too right so yeah like it's not <clears throat> anything that does get curious about it is not going to step on a tent while it's trying to get to it mm-hmm. um Right. So like, yeah, I mean, really a lot of it comes down to just understand, well, I mean, understanding what country you're going into first. Are there bears? Are there not bears? What kinds of creatures are in the area? Yeah. Generally speaking. Yes. Um, And then actually like assessing what is available, because as you mentioned, some, some campgrounds do provide like the metal lockers for -hmm. food stashes. Of course, these can be communal. Mm-hmm. So there's no guarantee that there's going to be room for your stuff. Mm-hmm. A fallback plan is probably good to have just in case. Yep. Um, there's also um, bear canisters, which are like hard shell cylinders, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, screw on, screw off lids. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need like a, you know, there's a little locking mechanism, a screwdriver kind of thing, right? Um, these are more like designed to be carried with a backpack, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you are going like backcountry, just living out of your backpack, this can be a good thing to bring along, right? Because you've got your food, mm-hmm. it's sealed in the canister, and I imagine probably also waterproof as well, mm-hmm. in case you're going canoeing or something like that. Yep. But uh, also then sealed, and you know, obviously, bear's not going to come rummaging through it mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. You know uh, what our scout leader used was an olive barrel. Yes. That was his, at least when we were camping, canoe camping. That was his go-to bear, bear bag. Yes. <laughs> was an olive barrel. <laughs> well, you know, I like some of the pros that uh, REI lists for for bear canisters. Yeah. Um, in addition to the fact that bears have rarely been known to succeed at opening them, mm-hmm. um, you can leave them on the ground instead of hanging them. Mm-hmm. With the lid on, they make a good camp seat. Mm-hmm. I imagine an olive barrel would serve well in that capacity. Yep. Um, some are clear, so you can actually see like what you've. Oh. Yeah. Um, and if bears have started to become habituated to human presence, mm-hmm. they may have also become habituated to the fact that a canister is just not worth their time a day. Oh, maybe. Yep. So, but on the other hand, they're pretty heavy. Mm, yeah. You know, they'll, they'll add that's, two to three pounds. That's not empty. something you want to hike in somewhere when. <clears throat> well, I mean, you're, you're adding two to three pounds empty, right? Yes. Then so, add your food to it. Right. And I mean, like you're carrying the food anyways, which I get, but it's kind of one of those things. It's like, okay, well, if I'm adding two or three pounds to my pack, what am I pulling out of my pack in case I need to 
shed that weight, right? Mm-hmm. Two or three pounds doesn't seem like a lot, but carry it on your back for a couple of days and mm-hmm. it will become a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, bear bags, you know, uh, often made of like a higher density polyethylene, uh, harder for the bear to tear open sometimes mm-hmm. with aluminum liners. Um, so that, you know, the bear to, to give it a bit of structure, right. The bear doesn't necessarily have the ability to, to puncture it or crush it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can also get odor proof bags to additionally enclose your food inside the bear bag. Um, the nice thing about the bear bags is that they're lightweight and compact, but interestingly, they're not accepted everywhere as a valid food storage solution. Some national parks, probably in the U S cause this is REI, mm-hmm. um, don't accept them as a food storage method. And at the end of the day, because it's not a hard shell, yeah, the bear can still do some damage to it, even if it can't get into it. I mean, you know, yeah. <clears throat> a nice big barrel. Yeah. If a bear sits on your food bag. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> you can still eat what's inside it probably as long as it doesn't puncture. Yeah. But you're basically just going to be eating crumbs. Mm-hmm. A lot of crumbs. Um, and of course, some gotchas with bear bags, you know, you have to make sure that you're cinching them tight, tying the knot exactly the way the manufacturer instructs, because mm-hmm. obviously they want you to get that good seal. Um, you probably want to hang these over a limb of a tree. Technically you don't have to, because they are designed with like the same, you know, odor reduction, mm-hmm. uh, properties as a bear canister, but you know, to avoid them being stepped on or otherwise crushed, you may want to put them over a tree branch. Um, REI for their part says, if you're uncertain whether to use a canister or bag, bring a canister for your most important food and then a bear bag for trash Mm. and non-crucial items. Yeah. And that's a good point too, is that it's not just the food that you're preparing. Yeah. So what do you do with the trash afterwards? Yeah. Because... You may have eaten the meat, mm-hmm. but the wrapper it came in is going to smell like meat mm-hmm. for quite a while afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got to think about the, the waste that you're producing as well. For sure. And I mean, obviously at something like a jamboree, they're going to provide you with more opportunities to dispose of that waste. Presumably they'd have something for trash handling. Yeah. And that's true at a provincial park or, you know, yeah. you know an established campground in a, well, you know. I was uh, camping... Uh, recently, uh, like over the Canada day long sure, weekend, sure. um, in a provincial campground, uh, just east of Edmonton and they had the bear proof, critter proof, uh, garbage, yep. garbage cans there. Yep. Ones with the handle. Yeah. Like, the yeah. angular. Yeah. Steel ones. Those are good. Yeah. For sure. So yeah. Like, I mean, if, if you're staying in like an established campground, mm-hmm. you're probably going to have. Should have somewhere to put your garbage, yeah. right? Yeah. If you're hiking in the back country, mm, not so. so much. So what do you do with that? Well, I mean, you can't, <clears throat> some of the more well-trafficked trails may have stations that mm-hmm. allow for trash disposal, but in general, the understanding is if you're bringing it in, you're bringing yeah. it back out. Yes. And you have to make sure that you're handling your trash with the same care and attention to odors mm-hmm. that you're handling the food that it was wrapping previously mm. with, right? Yes. So, um, and sometimes that means, you know what, you just got to go through the pain in the butt process of finding a tree to hang your food from, mm-hmm. uh, which is not easy, not necessarily. 
It can well, be a pain in the butt. Sometimes it's more about throwing the rope over the branch to haul yeah, it up. Well, then, yeah, that, that's more <laughs> of a pain than it is to find a tree. True, true. Finding a tree is easy. Finding a good branch and then getting the rope over it, that's the trick. Yeah, there you go. Because it's got to be, you know, the, the bag has got to be like 10 to 15 feet high, right? Because you got to think about like how high a bear standing on its hind legs can reach. Mm-hmm. Right? So you got to go like a good 15 feet up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's That's no easy trick. You know, this is now, cause that means your branch has got to be like at least 18 feet up. Yes. <clears throat> and then you got to like get your rope over that branch. So you got to like tie it around a heavy object or something and throw yeah. it. Yeah. Now you've just thrown a heavy object straight up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> get out from under it. And then watching where it comes down and yeah. hopefully it's not on your head and yeah. Yeah. So. Good times. <laughs> good times. Some challenges, but I mean, you know what? Um. Sometimes that is what you have to do to make sure that your food is safe and attendantly that you are safe when you're camping in these places. Um, Even like I know when we do the the weekend camps with the Cub Scouts, right? Like we'll we'll tend Mm -hmm. to have things in in the coolers. Um, But, you know, like we're, we we try to make sure that the coolers all have like a very good seal. Like I have a cooler in the garage right now Mm -hmm. and it's useful for like a short hop if I'm like going to Vermilion and back and I know Mm -hmm. that. Grace's dad's going to give us a couple of things out of the freezer. Yeah. But like, I can look down at it and I'm just like, I can see gaps. Mm-hmm. This is not something I would take camping. Right? No. Like I want something that's going to have a good seal. Yeah. <clears throat> Usually there's a snapping involved with exactly. the lid. It's like, you know, you'll hear a kachunk or something or click. Yep. So <clears throat> that's the food storage part. What's mm-hmm. the food handling part? REI for cook their, your food. Yeah. Cook your food. <laughs> I, I still, I mean, th- I'm stealing this from uh, Clark green Scoutmaster CG podcast, mm-hmm. but you know, he points out that, uh, that, uh, scout cooked food is, is very akin to Schrodinger's cat, ah. you know, in that it can be simultaneously both burned and raw. Yes. <laughs> from our experience with, uh, cooking as goats we can firmly attest to that yes these pancakes are black on the outside and liquid on the inside how did you manage this (laughs) this is amazing and horrifying Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh well a lot of it comes down to minding your heat right like yes if you've cooked a few things in your life you quickly understand that there is such a thing as too much heat there's such a thing as too little heat Mm -hmm. and you understand a little bit about when you need to use more heat or less heat, right? Mm-hmm. If this is your first time cooking, you're going to turn the fire on, you're going to put the pan on top of that, and whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you uh, mean I have to turn this? <clears throat> well. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean I should have turned the pan down? What do you mean down? <laughs> we this, see thing, how a this thing has multiple settings? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not just hot or not? Like, yeah, yeah. On uh, or off. <laughs> I just microwave all my food. <laughs> mm-hmm. There are people like that. I know. Um, but anyways, food handling. Mm. So three main ways you can become sick. Remember rubber hygiene and food handling while camping. Transmission of pathogens to your hands and mouth after going to the bathroom. Yep. Um, eating spoiled food. Mm-hmm. And improper handling of raw meat or um, <clears throat> other things that might contain pathogens. Mm-hmm. Right. So you want to thoroughly cook your food. <laughs> right. You want to <laughs> just wash your darn hands, darn it. Well, wash and then, your hands. <laughs> and then if you're touching raw food, then you want to wash your hands. Yeah. Before you pick up something. Yeah. If you go to the bathroom, wash your hands. That's if you, 
if you're going to be handling food, wash your hands again. Yes. If you handle You should start meats, by washing your hands if you're going to touch food. Like yeah, if you handle... common sense. If I you think. handle meats, um, eggs, mm-hmm. um, there's a few other things too. You yeah. even get bacteria and flour. Like, you know, you shouldn't eat cookie dough for a few... I mean, I do, but you shouldn't yeah. eat cookie dough for a few reasons. You take that back. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, I mean, like, okay, actually, you know, honestly, I... A few years ago, I'd have never copped to using like a vegan alternative. Yeah. But we bought some egg replacer on a whim because we thought we were trying to make some cookies for, I think the Beaver Scouts and my wife thought that one of them had an egg allergy, but none of them did. Oh, okay. Um, so we had this egg replacer, mm-hmm. which is like potato starch and a couple of other things, but you whip it up and mm-hmm. it kind of froths up a little bit and it has more or less the same effect in a recipe as egg does. Mm-hmm. Kind of binding. Yeah. <laughs> um, I use it now whenever I make cookies. Oh, wow. Because A, I'm not burning through eggs, <laughs> which are kind of a hot commodity around here now that we bought my daughter a quiche maker. Mm. <laughs> oh, my wa- yeah, my wife saw this uh. thing on Amazon. It'll make like six... Um, little quiches? Little, six mini quiches. Yeah. All at once. Nice. And, and she just like, she would do it every day if we let her. Ah. Because um, especially now, because she runs to up get... to the garden, grabs some fresh herbs and... Yeah. You might have to get yourself a chicken. Yeah. Well, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of chickens to keep up with the demand. <laughs> but Be I the mean, urban farmer. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, generally raw cookie dough would contain mm-hmm. egg. Yeah. And the flour can have bacteria in it too. Yeah. Right? If you want to make edible cookie dough, you actually should toast your flour for like five minutes at about 400 degrees. Interesting. I've yep. been, that's the first time I've ever heard that. It's a low flour. Yep. Hmm. I've so, learned something here today. There you go. Something that I'm going to have to go home and research. <laughs> yeah. Trust, but verify. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the toast or like throw your, like put your flour on yeah. a tray and throw it in the oven for like five minutes. At Interesting. At baking temperature. Huh. So just to kill any lingering bacteria. Yeah, um, it's a good idea. Yeah. It's just the first time I've ever heard of that. So I have made edible cookie dough actually using that egg replacer. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. like at that point, it's basically just all my dry goods. Yeah. And then I throw then, in the, uh, the egg replacer and an egg usually replacer. just like coconut oil. Yeah. Um, but like if I just, so if I heat all the dry goods for like five minutes beforehand, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, cool. Now we have edible cookie dough. But huh. anyways. <clears throat> Neat. Yes. Wash your hands after going to the bathroom. Wash your hands before you handle food. Dry your hands with a towel that is not also used for drying dishes. Um, hmm. Use hand sanitizer or sanitizing wipes if, if available. Hmm. Um, more common and, sense things. Yes, and especially if you can't wash your hands for some reason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, perhaps I shouldn't be so hard. I, I say common sense things and I'm like, well, maybe they're not as common as one would think. Well, I mean like we travel pretty much everywhere with hand sanitizer, yeah, but not me everybody too. does. Yeah. Right. Not everybody does. I it's usually just, have a bottle or two, but yeah, for me, it's like, you know, you roll through an airport or whatever, you know, you're, you're transitioning from right. like home to the, the job site or wherever. And it's, you know, a couple of plane flights away. Yep. And so you're eating on the go and whatever. And although there are, you know, facilities to wash your hands where you're at, you, you still are roaming through public areas. I keep Purell wipes. Yeah. For, for plane travel, I keep yeah. Purell wipes for two reasons. One, it's not a liquid, yeah. so security doesn't care about it at all. Yeah. And two, 
it's really nice when you get on a plane to just whip one out, wipe down your seat, wipe down your tray, wipe down, you know, yeah. your little space on the airplane. Yeah. Just give it a quick wipe. <clears throat> because you know, with the turnaround time that they do not have time to clean up. No. You know, that plane lands, it disgorges its passengers and then half an hour later they're boarding. Yeah. They didn't clean that plane. No. <laughs> they're lucky that they reset the plane. Yeah. 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 They, they put... Resetting the plane is not the same as cleaning the plane. No. no. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mm-hmm. keep the Purell wipes for, for that purpose. No, and that's again, smart. like they go through security, just no problem. Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, so, and usually like when I go camping, I have a few sanitizing wipes. I'll have a bottle or two, a hand sanitizer. Yeah. Um, and we bring it now too, just as part of like the 59th camp kit. Mm-hmm. Um, and some camps provide it, right? Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's pretty commonplace in the rental, rental outhouses yeah. and, uh, other places. Uh, if the camp doesn't have, you know, a consistent water supply, mm-hmm. then you can almost guarantee nowadays they'll have a hand sanitizer. Yep. Um, wash or sanitize your hands. Yep. Before preparing meals. Um, and if you're sharing food, like out of a bag, say mm-hmm. a trail mix, mm-hmm. use the, uh, the shake method, right? You know, don't just let everybody yeah, uh, yeah. rum their hands in. Yeah. Just hold out your hand, shake some out. Tilt the bag. Yep. <clears throat> or like, you know, get a small measuring cup, right? Yeah. And get like a third cup cup. Right? Yeah. Or a third cup measuring scoop, right? You just like, yeah. here's your thing. Here's your thing. Right. Yeah. Portion it out. Um, yeah. So that's the basics of, you know, so just, I mean, just, just keep your hands as clean as you can, right? Like, just don't be afraid to clean your hands. Just take an opportunity to clean your hands. I've mm-hmm. gotten to the point now where I'm just like, Ooh, hand sanitizer. Not a bad idea. I don't even think I need this right now, but I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> because why not? Yeah. Um, now, how to keep your food from spoiling. If you have a cooler, great. <laughs> that's that's, um, that's part of it. That, that's part of it. Now, <clears throat> you're not going to have a cooler if you're backpacking. Right? Now, obviously, if you're backpacking, you're not going to be taking as many, if any, perishable items. Mm-hmm. Well, you may have a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, uh, if you are using a cooler, um, pre-chilling the cooler can, can help, mm-hmm. right? Um, ice or ice blocks for an hour before you put in any food. Um, this is something my grandpa does. He, he saves his pop bottles and he fills them with, uh, with water and then oh, freezes little, those. Makes little ice packs out of those. <clears throat> well, they're not little. Wow. <laughs> but I mean, there are various sizes of, yes. of pop bottles you can get, but yes, that's true. But yeah, like, you know, fill, fill some water bottles with uh, water, juice, mm-hmm. or milk, and freeze those. Mm-hmm. Um, leave room at the top. Ah, uh, yes. Expansion. <laughs> <laughs> or don't, and yeah. just prepare for a mess when it melts. That's yeah, all. Exa- well, yeah. No. Um, the choice is really yours. Yeah. I mean, like, I like using ice pack. Like, I mean, I don't mind throwing a block of ice in the cooler, but I hate that inch of water at the bottom. Yeah. You know, whereas a sealed bottle, okay. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> Um, and you also have cold water to drink if you need it. Yep. And yeah, exactly. Um, raw meat, double bag, if at all possible, oh, yeah. double bag. Yep. Um, at least one of those bags should be sealing, right? Some kind of like Ziploc Lock, thing. Uh, yeah. Um, because you don't want that dripping onto other foods. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can freeze it ahead of time, mm-hmm. great. Um, put the food that you're going to eat first near the top. Mm-hmm. And keep your frozen meats near the bottom because that's where it'll be coldest. Basic thermodynamics. Hot goes up, cold goes down. 
fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, keep an eye on the temperature inside the cooler to check how cold it's staying. Right. Yeah, it should be like, I don't know, typical. I don't, for for me, an ice pack in the in the freezer or like in the cold or in a cooler will last about a day, day and a half. Yep. You know, before it starts to warm up to the point where you're like, and should probably get more ice or yes, some other cooling method. Yep, and I mean like, there's different. Ice packs are like we have, we have a whole collection of ice packs in the freezer upstairs now, mm-hmm. um, and there's some that are good, some that are actually really, really great. Uh, a lot of the gel-based packs that mm-hmm. we have brought in seem to just they stay cold quite a while. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, like we have some that are like we have some kid sh- like they're shaped like owls. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're just filled with water, mm-hmm. and they'll last for like half an hour, right? Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. You know what? You know what? We have them. We have them. Th- those are the ouchies. Like those are for the ouchies, right? It's just yeah. like, oh shoot, yeah. You bonked yourself here. Yeah. Put this on for half yeah. an hour, and it like it they melt quickly. Yeah. <laughs> they're really not good for anything else. I'd never use them for food handling. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, we have some gel filled ones. Mm-hmm. Those things stay cold for quite a while. So you know the one, like the one um, time that I recall being involved in, like a council sized camp and we were doing cooking for a large group and we needed a cooler to stay cold for a long period of time right we opted for dry ice well yeah that's kind of the nuclear option yeah that that'll keep everything frozen for for a long time well it doesn't it doesn't right because i mean like dry ice the problem with dry ice is it does obviously sublimate mm-hmm. rather quickly yes now if you can, if you take some of these other precautionary steps, right? Like if you mm-hmm. do your level best to make whatever the container you're putting the dry ice into, because mm-hmm. like I, we got a bunch of dry ice in some packaged food order and oh, I okay. held on to it for like two days mm-hmm. um, because the kids wanted to do some experiments with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean like, yeah, sure. If you, <clears throat> if you, there's a few things you can do. Like you can put it in the cooler. It'll still sublimate, you know, mm-hmm. even in my cooler, in, even in my freezer out in the garage, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, obviously it sublimates slower mm-hmm. than if it's just sitting on the countertop. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like if you take measures to pre-cool whatever vessel the dry ice is going into, yes, you'll get some life out of it for sure. Mm-hmm. And it will definitely keep things hella cold mm-hmm. very very cold mm-hmm. for for as long as it does last well my experience like my experience with it at any rate um was that it it kept what we were wanting to keep cold for the length of time we needed it yeah. well i mean so like you know if it you're was like yeah. two days or if you're plunging your vessel down know, to minus four. 50 it's gonna take a while to warm up again yeah exactly so yeah no i totally get that um, especially if you have then other cold packs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of can then sort of, you know, as it begins to warm, yeah. they're still keeping the food cold. Yeah. Um, so no, that's good too. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, dry ice is not, you know, you can get it. Or you can get liquid nitrogen. Yeah. Well, well no, not really. <laughs> well, you can try and get liquid nitrogen. Yes. Maybe you have a, you know, a guy that'll get yeah. you some liquid nitrogen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dry dry ice. I mean, you can get it, but it's it's a little bit more. It's a little bit more. You're going a little bit more out of your way to to get dry ice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. versus cold packs. Yes. 
a pop bottle in your freezer full yeah. of water. Exactly. Well, mostly full of water. So how do you handle raw meat at camp? <clears throat> Cook it. Well, we and then that. eat it. Yeah. Well, yeah. D- done. And, Problem solved. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes the best option is actually not to take raw meat, right? Yeah. You just pre-cook it and then yeah. warm it up. That's right. Um, but sometimes you want a steak at camp. Sometimes you do. <laughs> because you're pretentious like that. <laughs> <laughs> and a nice bottle of, of wine. Sometimes you want a nice camping. scout property. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just uh, saying camping in general. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, we've done, and I, I make the pretentious remark entirely mm-hmm. in jest because we've done just some very elaborate camp meals over <laughs> the years. Might as well have gotten out a candelabra and put it on our table, and you know, yeah, sat down. I mean, you know, they've been good, <laughs> but and sometimes half the fun is just trying, right? It's oh, just yeah. Like, I wonder if we can even pull this off at camp. Yeah. Oh, apparently we can. Um, but. Uh, Things, uh, some some tricks to sort of help you along handling raw meat at camp. Mm-hmm. Um, cutting up at home into bite-sized chunks and then, you know, placing that in like the Ziploc bag. Yeah. Um, that can, I mean, the, the nice thing about like bagging the sort of, you know, sort of doing some of the prep work at home and um, bagging it mm-hmm. is that, well, the bags are disposable. And I mean, obviously you still have to worry about packing them out and managing the odors from those, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about, you know, in your trash. But on the other hand, if you're doing a lot of the prep work on the meat ahead of time, mm-hmm. you're saving yourself some dishes. Yeah. And just general time too. And time. Yeah. It's cooking raw meat from raw to cooked meat takes some time. Yep. Whereas uh, cooked meat to warm is not a, has, or cold meat to warm meat is not as mm-hmm. taxing a, a job. Yep. Um, Make sure that you're using separate, like, you know, if, you, if you're cutting raw meat, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you're using, you're, you're cutting away from other food, yeah. using a different knife, different cutting board, yeah. wash that stuff immediately. Yeah. Or raw should not touch uh, cooked, that, yeah. that philosophy. If you are handling multiple types of raw meat because mm-hmm. you just happen to need both chicken and steak, yes. don't cross-pollinate. Yes. Yeah. You know, you have your chicken cutting board and knife, you have your beef cutting board and knife. Yeah, don't cross-pollinate your meat yeah. types. And then you have your cooked utensils. Yep. For when the meat is cooked. Yep. Um, either wash the surface thoroughly and mm-hmm. the knife thoroughly before you bring vegetables into the equation or just cut mm-hmm. vegetables on a different surface mm-hmm. away from where the meat was cut. Yep. You know, don't allow them to touch meat residue, especially if they are not going to be eaten heated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, dispose of the food wrapping in a way that's not going to attract wildlife, right? Yes. Um, double bag it if you can, <clears throat> store it in the cooler mm-hmm. or, you know, in your bear bag, in a trash bag mm-hmm. um, until you get home. If you're lucky enough to have trash bins at the campground, great. Get rid of it. You have to treat the mm-hmm. garbage from your food as though it still had the food because mm-hmm. the animals ain't going to be able to tell the difference. That's right. Until they open up the... Th- container and mm-hmm. deal with the frustration mm-hmm. um keep the odors at a distance right you know yep. if possible have your cooking area a little ways away from from your tent at least so mm-hmm. <laughs> any odors that do linger uh don't attract animals to your sleeping place that's right um 
you know, even think about things like scented soap, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. even that lemony scent might be attractive to some animal, right? Mm-hmm. Go for the unscented if you can. Yes. Um, strain out food scraps from your dishwater, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You know, make sure that those are uh, trashed, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you have like proper gray water disposal uh, available, which you may or you may not, yeah. depends on the event. Yep. Um, you know, make, uh, d- disperse the rinse water away mm-hmm. from your site again, mm-hmm. right? You know, either have a designated gray water area, mm-hmm. which is well away from your site. Um, or like REI actually recommends, uh, if you have it over, if you can disperse the water over a rocky area, that, that is better than just tossing it into the bush. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, you know, away from your site. Yes. You know. I think that's the key. <clears throat> Who doesn't remember making the gray water hike at 100 plus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sloshing as we go. Mm-hmm. But yes. Uh, that was, I mean, that, that, and that kind of comes to the end of the article. So I have to make sure that that's included in the show notes. But yeah, mm-hmm. like those, some of the basics, you know, um, most of it comes down to meat. Most of it comes down to meat. Yep. I mean, good hygiene practices are always, uh, are always <laughs> recommended, I guess. But yes. I mean, that should be like common sense for, for a lot of people is like, you just want to make sure that you're always washing your hands when in doubt, just wash your hands. Yeah. Just wash, just, or sanitize them, whatever. Yeah. Just like make sure they're if you clean. have the opportunity to clean your hands do it yeah it's also yeah. it's also good around flu season when you have that yeah that thought process too or kids in general yeah yeah if you have kids just wash your hands just just do it you know what because you never know if you're listening right now wash your hands yeah just <laughs> do <yes>. it <laughs> put the podcast on your headphones yeah, yeah. and uh, and just <laughs> you know wander into the bathroom and wash your hands yeah there you go you'll feel better mm-hmm. um right did I have any shout outs? Strikes me that I might've had one. Let me check. I'm um, pretty sure you did. But one thing I, I'm going to have to throw in, I, I was on, uh, do you follow Tasty? No. BuzzFeed's Tasty? No, I don't. <laughs> uh, this is like, this is not a safe website for me to go to. Um, it's safe for work, <clears throat> but like basically it's recipes and uh-huh. then there's like animated videos showing you how to prepare. Oh man. So those, those are the worst for me. I Cause then know. I'm like, oh I totally want to make that. Yeah. This one though, actually, the only reason, this particular recipe is like, you know, so it's got like potatoes Mm -hmm. and carrots and then you make like a little hamburger patty and you wrap it all up in foil and they actually um, show it like cooking over a fire. Oh yeah. So it's like reminded me of some of the camp cooking that we have Mm -hmm. done. I may, I may throw this particular recipe in because it would probably be pretty tasty. You'd kind of come away with like a little miniature meatloaf and some carrots and potatoes. Yeah. Neat. Um, Yeah. I'll throw that recipe in. Because it shows it, like I say, being cooked over a fire. Mm-hmm. Again, obviously, be careful with your meat handling. Mm-hmm. But there you go. Right. I was looking up shout outs. Yes. Yes, you were. myself there. <laughs> You're like, ooh, shiny. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, recipes. See, that's the danger of tasty. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's so good. Uh, I think you have a shout out because we had that. Uh, ah, I think yes. Somebody commented right. on the run-in. Or so. Uh, yes. So this is, um, Jeremy shout out to Jeremy and he left a comment, uh, on the last episode we did. Yeah. Our live, left, our, 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 our not episode, our, our not here episode. Yes. Yes. 
uh, says, very interesting episode this week. Uh, Scouter here with 12 years experience in the BSA, listening from the 45th parallel on the Pacific coast. Hmm. I, uh, I should look up what cities might intersect the 45th parallel along the Pacific coast. I'm not sure that Google Maps actually shows parallels by number. Hmm. But anyways, your impromptu guest's questions regarding including scouts with needs leads me to a situation that I've been blessed to witness. A family in a neighboring district has two youth aged for a scout's BSA. One does not have any apparent disability and appears to do well in his unit. The other is in need of, if not constant, regular assistance. Now, fortunate for this scout, his parents do provide for his assistance where necessary. However, the other scouts in the unit are remarkably supportive to the scout and the family and are consistently lending a hand when the help is desired and appropriate. This unit deserves high praise for the ways that their members band together to help make this young person grow toward being handy capable. Hmm. And I can't help but agree mm-hmm. because that is kind of the other side. And we didn't talk about that as much. Like we were, you know, her questions were kind of more focused on the, the administrative side and sort of the logistical side. And it's like, okay, well, if you do have this youth, like, you know, what's happening from the group, what's happening from above the group to ensure that the youth's needs are being taken care of. And those are very good questions to ask. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the flip side of that is, is the troop supporting this youth? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you hope the answer is going to be yes. Yeah. But I'm sure it would not take much digging at all to find examples of where the answer was no. But it's really cool that in this case, this unit, and he doesn't give their number. I don't think he doesn't mention the troop number. But uh, whatever unit you are out there, uh, if you are supporting your members who have some additional needs, um, good on you and thank you for that because mm-hmm. that's really, really awesome. And, uh, I mean, we, we desire that scouting be able to include pretty much anybody, you know, that's kind of the aim. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if, if you are doing your part to make that happen, then, you know, good on you and congratulations. Mm. So, uh, big thank you again to, to Jeremy for, for writing that one in. That was awesome. It's a good story to hear. So if my Google foo is, uh, is up to par here, it's a place called Lincoln city, Oregon. Cool. So we'll see. We'll see if I'm, if I'm right. Lincoln city. Hang yeah. on. I got to look that. I just got to look yeah. at that for a minute because I, uh, Lincoln city, Oregon, USA. Have I been there? No, I've been south of there. That's right. <clears throat> I was doing some work in Toledo and Newport. Yeah. Uh, so never, never made it quite that far north. That's all right, though. Seems like a happening little place. Yeah, seems like it'd be all right. Uh, you know what? There's some cool stuff happening along. <clears throat> I haven't been to too much yeah. of Oregon, but the two places I've been, uh, Newport and Astoria. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Goonies. <laughs> uh, Good enough. I've actually spent like no time in Portland at all. I've driven through it. That's about it. Yeah. But Newport was awesome. I'd happily go back there. And Astoria was pretty cool too. Mm. Um, still the only place I've ever enjoyed eating tuna. I think mostly because it wasn't like tuna out of a can. It was like tuna. Tuna. Like just tuna steaks. And mm-hmm. Fish and chips. Tuna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. But anyways, it's kind of the local industry there. Mm. All right. So, uh, other shout out, of course, as always, to the folks at Scouting Radio for rebroadcasting our episodes to their worldwide audience. Mm. 
If you're listening to us on Scouting Radio right now, um, let us know. Reach out, get in touch. We would love to hear from you and do consider subscribing to the podcast. Mm. How does one get a hold of us, Scouter Ken? Ah, uh, well, this, you know, these answers may change soon. I'm, I'm looking into another service. Should we get a post office box number and uh, oh, people yeah. could could go traditional? Right. I got I to gotta look at the yearly fees for that. There, there's there's P.O. boxes that I can rent in the basement <laughs> of the building I work in. Ah, uh, yeah. So maybe I should just look at the yearly fees for that. Mm. But uh, for now, scoutingstuffpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also go to scoutingstuffpodcast.com. And uh, there is an option there to leave us voice messages. Mm-hmm. Just pop up the menu. If you go to facebook.com slash scoutingstuffpodcast, um, you can leave comments on stuff there you can send direct messages you can leave reviews you can use the voice message widget again um be the first to leave us the first to do that uh you can go to twitter.com slash ssysk podcast instagram.com slash scouting stuff podcast um those services all have direct messaging features Mm -hmm. as well and of course um you can leave us reviews Mm. on on itunes or stitcher those services for sure support it. Yep. Some others may as well. It helps us get noticed. It does. And uh, of course, again, subscribe. Do consider subscribing if you are not already a subscribed listener. Hmm. All right. <clears throat> well, I think that's all I got. You got anything? Uh, no. No, I'm good. Awesome. Well, then, thank you out there for listening. And until next time, be prepared. <laughs>